Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Bology. Manage and measure your players' skill development and increase accountability year-round utilizing the Bology app. Boost inter-squad competition with drills backed by the National High School Basketball Coaches Association, including a 40-shot Bology skills assessment. Please visit Bology.com teams for information on how you can provide this resource for your team. Coach, I feel like it's already been you know, pretty transformational for me in just those 10 minutes, and I love the idea of choose your heart. I, I have a little board here that from all these talks I get, I just write down some of the big the the big points that I feel like I need to remind myself of and choose your heart is going to be up there uh, after this because I think that's really impactful. But all the experience that you've had in, in different teams and with PGC, obviously culture is a big deal and it's a buzzword that people like to throw around, but it's real. In, in your opinion, how does it drive performance? Oh, I just, I feel like the topic of culture is is so big. I also feel like it's becoming a bit of a buzzword. No doubt. Uh, I feel like at times culture gets overpromised and underdelivered in the sense that, you know what, you just set your culture and all your problems are solved. You know, it's the key. It's, it's the, it's the Kool-Aid. Yeah. It's the, and you know, I've been down this culture road a lot with many different teams, including our Olympic team, including the teams that I coach, and now with coaches that I'm working with. What I believe about culture is that if you decide you want to build and set a culture, you better be very careful what you wish for. Because it's easy to put words on a poster. It's easy to paint something and put it in a, you know, a slogan in a locker room. Yeah. I don't know anything more difficult than enforcing. And I, I even when I listen to that word, I'm like, I don't even know if I like that word. Upholding. I like that word better. Upholding a culture. Because it's easy to set it. It's easy to put a poster up. But it's really hard to live that culture every single day because we are imperfect humans and we are going to stumble and we are going to break culture, sometimes intentionally and knowingly, other times unintentionally, unconsciously. And I think what gets missed in the concept of culture is clarity around what breaks culture. I think we talk a lot about, oh, this is what we do. This is how we act. This is how we behave. This is how we walk into the gym. No, this is how we do our huddles. And I'm like, great. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. But what never gets talked about, well, I shouldn't say never. What I most, think we most of the time, talk, yeah. Okay then what I think we need to talk more about it. Here's what we do. But I'm like, hello, Captain Obvious. Whoop, whoop. I think what matters, what really defines culture is here's what we don't do. And we lay it out 
this is what is, this is our culture breaks. When you say this, when you use this tone, when you do this, these are culture breaks. You've broken culture and we lay it out so clearly. It's like we're giving them the answers to the exam before the exam comes. We're not trying to trick them. Yeah. And then here's, here's what, here's our culture breaks. And when culture gets broken, this is how we handle it. Here's how athletes handle it. If you see a teammate breaking culture and there's not a coach there. Coaches, here's how you handle it when you see an athlete breaking culture. And coaches, here's how we handle each other when we see one of us as coaches breaking culture. And this gets laid out and defined as a group and it gets agreed on as a group. And I'll tell you, the hardest part is the last piece, the accountability when we see it happening. And you wanna know the hardest part of all? When you see your best player or you hear your best player breaking culture. It's not hard, not, it's less hard to hold your 12th player accountable. It is. I think that's a good measuring stick for really where your culture is, is how difficult or how easy it is to hold your best player accountable. Cause you're out on the money. If, if there's a huge range between how quickly you're willing to pull the trigger, how hard you're willing to draw that line and not, not waver. Yeah. The difference between those two. And I believe that it's so important that we practice the hardest thing first which is here's the breaks of culture and here's how we hold you accountable. Those things have to be practiced from day one. And when I work with teams, I actually tell them, you know what, there's what I want. Here's what I want you to do. First two weeks of your season, purposely break culture. Like purposely do it. Tell your athletes, okay, today, and, and you can do this beforehand. Before practice today, here's three behaviors that I want somebody to do during practice today. And even have it as your Does coaching. everyone know or just those three? Kind of like a one-on-one, hey, today. Or do you, you let everybody know? You can do it any way you want. Because I think like almost the, uh, you know, the, that approach of with your best player, hey, I want you to be ultra negative when you are missed on the floor one possess yeah i don't know but but to your point too yeah experiment You, you can do it either way but i guess all i'm saying is like think about the skills that we work on on the court the really difficult skills we work on them a lot we drill the heck out of them do you know how difficult it is to hold each other accountable why are we not working on it? Yeah. I think we need to role play it if, you, if we want to use this. Yeah. We need to practice breaking culture so that we can practice upholding the culture. It's difficult for athletes to hold each other accountable. And I'll tell you where it's really hard for the 12th player to hold the leading scorer accountable. So think about all of the ways it's difficult to uphold culture. Why aren't we practicing that? And we should be practicing that the very first two weeks so that by the end of the season, 
We are so darn good at it. We know exactly how it's going to roll. And we already know the bumps in the road because we've already worked those out. Coach, that's really good. I, I wrote down the what breaks culture question. I, I love that you said it's not just a, a poster, a word on the back of a t-shirt. I feel like I, I, I talk about that a lot with a lot of coaches of what we really think culture is, what it or what we think it is and what it actually is. And it's way beyond those great slogans that we have or the chants that we use. And But I think a, a great question to ask as we're going through and building some of these I don't even like that word culture, more like standards or pillars or or the the ways that we're going to show up every day. But that's a, with the group, what breaks it? Because you're right. Excellence. Excellence is something that we 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 try to live every day with our faith, uh, the, the way that we show up as as a player, the way we are as a teammate. It's not perfection. Perfection is impossible. But we do outline all of these things with excellence. But you know what I never did with them is talk about when excellence breaks down. Like, how does it break down? What does that look like? Uh, We just talk about the positive things we're going to do, kind of like this pie in the sky mentality of everything's going to work out if we just remember to do things this way. Well, it's not going to happen that way. What do we do? I think you highlighted just a great point there. You know what else I think is important in that last statement is that breaking culture is normal. Yeah. It's part of imperfection. We don't all emotionally regulate the way that we should. We lose our temper. We Our tone gets, you know, we have an aggressive tone. We Maybe sometimes we left the locker room messy just because we were in a hurry because we had to get somewhere and we kind of forgot. And I, the reason that I bring this up is that <clears throat> we're trying to create a culture that is full of psychological safety, which means I show up as my authentic self and my authentic self is imperfect. And I don't have to be afraid of being imperfect in our culture because we've learned that imperfection is normal. This is what the breaks are going to look like. Here's how we hold each other accountable. And this is normal behavior. It's not like, you know what? We need to have the culture police. And we go around catching each other being bad. I've seen that happen a lot in cultures. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're looking for. Right. We're looking for a group that says, you know what? I feel safe around you because you're going to help me become my greatest self. And on days where I don't show up as my greatest self, you remind me. And you hold that standard back up for me. That's different than, hey, guess what? I caught you. X, Y, Z. Those are different. And that that decreases psychological safety. So psychological safety, basically, it means I feel safe to show up in your presence and take my armor off. When I don't feel safe in your presence, I'm going to armor up. Armor up to protect myself. Now I'm going to hide. Now I maybe lie. Now I I didn't say that. We want to normalize this imperfectness that we all have. And we want to normalize holding each other accountable for a higher standard. 
I was trying to think of examples of ways that maybe I've role played or, you know, without even realizing kind of what you're doing. It does go back to PGC for me, because as you know, shape shooting, especially at point guard college, that's a big part of what we do. I always try to tell our athletes that guys, this is not about shooting. It's not a shooting drill. If it is, if this is the best shooting drill we could come up with, then we're not very good because it's just a line pass, go to the end. There's better things we can do, but shape shooting is more. It's about how you transform and create a championship environment, no matter what the drill, no matter what you're doing in it with you with your team back home and how to lead your teammates if if you have some resistant ones. But one thing we do is after three or four days of holding them to, and you've seen it, holding them to a pretty hard line. I feel like Tyler Cost used to say we got to hold their feet to the fire. Like I, they need to feel like there's never this kind of let off moment. You know, in hunting huppy or whatever we're doing, we're gonna hold those standards and and, it, you know, even though it is just five days, I mean, it's nine hours over five every day and it's a lot. So kind of like a mini season, you get to day three or four. And what I used to do is I would say, OK, we're going to do shape shooting. But right now, let's take the shape out. You're going to take the shape out. You're just going to shoot. So what can't you do is no high fives, mm. no spirit, mm. walk, mm-hmm. look bored. You know, don't encourage each other. Yawn, like do it. <laughs> like honestly, like everything opposite of what. And we would do it for a minute or two. No music. Coaches would just stand there, and and you see some kids like they still do, and then they drop their hand. They try to give a high five. They drop their hand, and I'd stop the whistle. I couldn't even take it for like a minute or two. I'd say, "How'd that feel?" And I was always blown away. The hands would shoot up there like it felt awful, boring, like a, a, a losing environment. And I was like, guys, I think you would understand that most of us go home to gyms like that. And not all of us, but most of us. And our job is to never let this feeling happen again. And I, I, I just thought back to that, like role playing it with my team and some of the standards that we have. Like, I need to show them we need to have times where we do the opposite and talk about what that felt like. So I think that, like, to your whole point, it'll ingrain our habits even more. I would also like to add, I believe the most high-performing cultures, I'm going to speak on the piece about accountability, is that every athlete understands that the first person that they must lead is themselves. And that the first person that should hold me accountable is me. Mm. So that we're not in the policing. I saw you, you did that. It's, it's we learned that this is a safe environment to be imperfect. And I noticed myself today speaking like this, not hustling the way that I should. And I step up. And I hold me accountable Yeah. because the more I hold myself accountable, the less other people have to do it. Yep. And I don't think that gets built into culture either, where we show athletes it's safe to hold yourself accountable. In fact, it's courageous because it shows vulnerability and vulnerability is a sign of courage. 
at the end of our workouts, I, I typically will have an, an opportunity to celebrate, you know, or in where athletes will throughout the workout, hopefully what they've been thinking about are things they've seen in others. But I do think that would be a, a, a great question to ask too. Uh, because if you created, like you've been talking about this environment where vulnerability is okay. And, and especially with our training, we want to make mistakes. Like we're pushing to that level. In fact, if you're going too slow and you're being careful and under control, then you're missing growth. And, and, but I think a great question would be to ask like, Rage, you know, who, who thought that they were just a little bit less than their best today? You know, and, and, or if anybody like to share about how they felt throughout the workout, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way because I think if your older players, especially, or your leaders from the beginning are, open to say you know coach today i think i was a little bit less than my best i just didn't bring it the way i i normally want to and then we can have dialogue about that what are your what are your thoughts on ways that we can create what you're talking about where guys are they're truly leading themselves first but then acknowledging maybe when they're not bringing it well i like the idea that you've you've mentioned I my addition would be I think as we're first learning how to do this because this is all this is a skill right we're and it's a difficult skill right we talked about choose your hard this is freaking hard yeah I'm a fan of um groups of two or three nice because when we open it up to the group we know the first people to speak are the ones that are the most confident or the extroverts. So the introverts gets get overlooked, the people that aren't as confident, or the people that feel that they're too low on the totem pole to have a voice. Yeah. If we go small groups, so groups of two or three, and you can say, hey, just share in your group, was there anything today where you felt like you didn't show up as your greatest self? And if you had a do-over, what would you have done differently? So you do it small first. It's a little safer when it's small. And then everyone gets to speak. Then you bring it back to uh, the big group and say, is there anybody that would like to share the conversation with all of us? Love that. How many programs do you think start off with? It's almost like you're starting off with the negative side or the opposite of what you want your culture to be. When you're talking about what break culture, what breaks cultures, I think some coaches might look at that as like, why would I want to bring up the negative parts of it? Like that's the stuff we don't want to do. Let's focus on the stuff we, the side of it that we do want to do, you know, with the exception, like, like giving high fives. Oh, we, we can never not give high fives, right? Like double negative. Like why would we focus on that side? How many programs do you think do start with what's what could harm our culture? Like what could be negative? I don't think very many do it because it's what sport teaches us. Sport teaches us only to look at the positive. You know, we're not allowed we're not allowed to be sad. We're not allowed to be unconfident. We're not allowed to be nervous. We're not allowed all of these things that sports says don't do that. But I know when I work with my athletes, I'm like, if you're going to come and work here with me, 
we're going to speak the truth. And the truth is, we want a great culture. And the truth is, we're not always going to have it. I, I just feel like if we don't address here are the breaks, I'll tell you what I think happens. Do you remember I said I asked that question myself, what did I see but refuse to acknowledge? I think we end up seeing a whole bunch of things that we don't like because we never talked about them. And we try to act like we're in this fairy tale land where, you know, hey, guys, everything's good. Kumbaya. And but deep down, you know, and do you have the courage, the courage to start the year? Sorry, I just got excited. Well, I I and again, so if I said to a a coach says, well, I don't want to address a negative. I'm like, well, why not? Why are we avoid? You know, it's going to happen. And if you don't talk about it, it's easy to say, I didn't see it. Yeah. When you did. And then you don't have a culture. I just think now you don't have a culture. I, I, or it's a fake culture, or it's the culture that we're raw, raw, and we're really good at shape shooting. Yeah. So it's it's a fake stab- culture. Yeah. You yeah. should see, you should hear how we stab each other in the back yeah. when other people aren't listening. Like I see a lot of what I call it's a it's a fake culture. It's a social media culture. Yep. It's and, the hashtag. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with those. There's a lot of creative ones. I'm not that smart. And so I don't have a cool one that we do. But no, I I I you know what? This is something too that that helped me, or I guess when mm-hmm. I first started you know, as a high school coach, and I've been a head coach only 11 years, so I still have a, a ton to learn. And, but I started just pulling acronyms or cultures from other groups. So when I started directing with PGC, of course, after that summer, shape on the back of our practice jerseys, guys, shape is our culture. These are the six things that we, and then after a few years, I realized, man, some of these guys that especially didn't go to PGC, they don't really care for this because it doesn't look like shape. It looks like scape and, you know, and they don't get it. And, and they're a little annoyed by some of the things like I was so over the top with it, you know, and, and then, but man, we would, we would be raw, rawing and standing and stuff, but there's a lot of fakeness to it. And then I, this, this word Jamodi was personal to me since seventh grade. And I looked at each of the letters. I was like, okay, how could I take shape and kind of make, so spirit, oh, joy, J is joy. It is, <laughs> so uh, approach, attitude. And so I, I forced Jamodi down their throat. Finally, just kind of tired and fed up with all of those things. I had my assistant coaches and a few of our former players come and say, okay, the last few years, what are some of the words that we actually use? What are what are the ways that we actually show up and the things we do care about? Things like excellence and humility, you know, and enthusiasm. And like, so it was a fun activity to discard all of the systems that I had really been trying to force on our guys and try to figure out what's really important to us. How do we, what, what can we truly, or what do we want to hold each other accountable on? And and then and it became something that is not an acronym. I don't think I could ever make it one. It would, it's not a word. It you know, it's but but it's us and and real and important to the guys. Now every day I'm trying to evaluate is it really important to them? Are I have great kids, strong families, they're yes or no sir people, you know, and, and so they could fake it, but be pretty believable. So that I think, I don't know, my whole 
journey in this is to have some pillars and some standards. I love the idea of doing the reverse of these. What's What does a lack of humility look like? How can that show up throughout a season? And discuss those. I think that's, yeah, super powerful. In our culture where being negative, and I don't feel like this is really being negative. Like you said, it's truth, but it is almost shunned or looked down upon or we just got to stay positive everything is awesome like that lego movie and i think telling the truth i think is huge with this well remember we're we're wired we're wired for ice cream and what i mean by that is we will choose ice cream over vegetables all day long i will why? Because ice cream feels better. This is our culture. This is our chant. Here's what's on the back of our t-shirts. This is what's in the locker room. And I'd be like, awesome. Those are my favorite kinds of ice cream. And then I'd be like, okay, now where are the vegetables? I know they're vegetables. Where? Show me them. Where are the vegetables? Oh, we don't have any. Yes, you do. We all have our vegetables. The things that we don't like to eat, the things that taste crappy, poopy. And that's why I just believe so much in having the courage to speak the truth. Because the truth is, sport brings us ice cream and vegetables. And so if we don't address both, why not? We're hiding from one of the truths. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches, and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast. It's just a matter of doing it.